The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. And I want to just talk about, as we're finishing our series on Be The One, uh, I want to talk about leaving a legacy. Because I think if you're going to be the one in your life, there's going to have to be a legacy. There's going to have to be something that outlives you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says that I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, we, if you've been in church at any time, you know this verse. But the power in this verse is I fought good. I finished what I started, and my faith never left. Those are three key components to our Christian walk. Another one, James chapter 4, verse uh, 14 says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while, and then vanishes away. There are so many things that we look to. There's so many things that, that are important to us that if we really were to scale back and, 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 and look at our life, is it really that important? I want to spend some time today talking about leaving a legacy. And during our Be The One series, we've been talking about David. And so I want to end with David's ending. And in this verse, it is 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4. And I'm going to read this to you because I want to get into this. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of background on it. It says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of the earth, be strong. Therefore, Can we just stop right there? Dads, you need to tell your sons to be strong. You need to tell your daughters to be strong. It is not the job of a parent to have them lean on you forever. Your job is that you are a catalyst for life and they should be able to go further, farther, faster because of you, not need you their whole life. Doesn't mean that they won't need your wisdom. You move from a trainer to a coach. David was bringing in his young man and saying, hey, be strong. Be strong. Look at this. I, and prove yourself a man. And, pr- and prove yourself a man. This is not the language that we use today. He would have said, you are a man. Uh, hey, hey, be the man that you are. Be the woman that you are. But no, no, no. Prove yourself a man. In other words, what you do, what you say, how you live, proves the conduct if you're worthy to be called a man. You know, and I, and, I, and I will say this, in, in this culture that we live in, we throw away terms and we throw away um, constructs and it's very hard to frame up what a biblically-based man is and what a biblically-based woman is. And, 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 and so there's so many, and everybody, even in the church, we argue about what's significant and what's not significant. But here we see that David is giving his, his, his last talk. And he is saying, be strong. Why do you think he used the word be strong? Do you think that maybe he reflected a little bit on the time that Saul threw spears at him? 
that, that he had to run away and, and be strong. And, and I know maybe running away and being strong is not synonymous to you. But David could have taken Saul's life many times, but never did. He could have reacted, but he'd be strong. Prove yourself a man. Let's go on. And keep charge of the Lord your God. Walk in His ways. Keep His statutes, His commandments, His judgments, and His testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper, come on somebody, in all that you do and wherever you turn. David is at the end of his life and he's calling his son. In this last moment, he begins to download concepts. And you can almost see, and if you want to know about these stories, you can look in First and Second Samuel. You can look at the beginning of Kings and, and, and you can read David's uh, exploits. You can read his process. You can, you can read how he came to be one of the kings. But it's amazing the experience behind this conversation. Have you ever met someone and they started to talk to you and you realized this dude is smart <laughs> or this this guy has some experience you know what i'm saying i remember this i was, I was a couple years back and i was buying something and i was doing something and if you know me um i'm always like 90 to nothing and I'm, I'm always there, okay? I'm never here, I'm always there. And this, I was talking to this man and we were talking and we just stopped in a conversation. He started talking to me about something. I was telling him what I need to get, what I need to do. And I'm building this, I was building this, this thing for the, what we needed for church. And he just said, you know, son, he was an older man, about 65. He said, and, and you know, something about a 65 year old man when he calls you a son, you're just like, you know? <laughs> yes, Paul. <laughs> but he said, you know what? You can only have things three ways, good, fast, and cheap. You only get to pick two of the three. You never get to pick all three. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where I was like, okay. And then I started thinking about it. Okay. Good and cheap, and you can't get it fast. Fast and cheap, and it's not good. And I, it was like one of those sentences that was just like, my whole life is changed. <gasps> Boom. You know what I'm saying? Drop the mic, fire. You know, I mean, it's just one of those moments. And I was thinking, for the rest of my life, I will say this to every child. <laughs> and I will be the man that you are not in your presence because they will think I came up with it. You know, it was one of those moments and I was thinking, oh, and I can almost imagine David laying in his huge bed, pomp and circumstance all around him. He's the king, but he has a very raw, intimate moment with his son, and he's telling him, here's what's important. David had had great experiences. He had won many battles. He was developed a kingdom. He had overcome a takeover. He had failed many times. David, at the end of his life, had a clear perspective of what was valuable. And it wasn't about the servants, and it wasn't about the decorations on the castle wall. Come on, somebody. It wasn't about making the kingdom better. It wasn't about the cooks or the gifts or the clothes. Here, David is speaking about the most important things of value and the information that he wants his son to remember. And what he says to his son is, walk in the ways of God. 
Keep his statutes. Stay obedient. Stay obedient. That's what he was telling him. He was breaking it down and he was saying, stay obedient. Govern how he governed. Look at this. His commandments. In other words, stay obedient to what God said. His judgments. Judge law and judge truth the way he's already done it. Don't change it. Don't, don't, don't change it. Stay with the way God has done it. Look at, what he's, look at what he says. Keep and communicate. What does it say? His testimonies. Communicate the miracles. Talk about them. Don't lose those. And David is, is getting this download. And, he's, and, and in, this, in, in the moment, you know, Solomon's like, okay, die, I want the kingdom. You know, I, I, I just, uh, okay, dad, well, I love you. Uh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you, you know, as a parent, you have conversations with your kids. And they're like saying all the right things, but you know. It's not settling. Oh, yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen. Keep and communicate the miracles of, God, miracles of God. And basically what he says is don't forget him. Because you'll never be able to truly elevate your life and live the life that you could live if you forget him. And I want to talk about four ways to live, leave a legacy. I want to give you four ways that I feel like from, from this that we can live, leave a legacy. And the first that David talks about is, he says, stay rooted in him. Stay rooted in him. That's, that's, that's kind of our first way of leaving a legacy. Listen, there has to be something in your life that is, you've got to be steady. There's, you've got to be dependable. There are so many philosophies and ideas, and, and, and they can leave you empty. And if you're not careful, you've embraced a lot of good things. But we already know that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was in Genesis was not the tree of bad and evil. And you can embrace a lot of good things that come and bring you bad places. That, that usher you out of the very thing that God wanted you into. God in the beginning created this garden and set and put man in the garden. And, and man, he gave man responsibility. He gave man a wife. He brought this thing together. And he said, there's only one thing I, I don't want you to do. I don't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good. Hashtag evil. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so many of us. If we're not careful, we'll chase a lot of good things. But we won't stay rooted and grounded. Even church culture has a hard time carving out what is truth. And we view truth or the Old Testament or different things like it's all subjective. Well, that's what they did. But now we're under a new covenant. And you know what? We are. We don't have to live perfect. But here's the thing. It's more like this. My sons live in my house, and I will always love them, and we will always have a relationship. But there's still rules that you have to go by to manage this house. And what we want to do is we want to live in a dispensation where we don't have to follow anything. I got the house. And many of us are living spiritual lives like home alone. 
is candy and messes. And I want to encourage you to stay rooted and grounded. And you will not stay rooted and grounded if you're not reading this word. Podcasts are great. We have a house podcast and it's awesome. I, I, I feel like it's awesome. Um, but, but if that's all you get, that's not enough. You've got to get into this. You've got to get into this. You've got to let this uh, encourage you and correct you and admonish you. And you've got to be able to read this and go, I need to be better, God. I got to read 1 Corinthians, come on, uh, 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 12 and 13. I've got to look at this and I've got to see, okay, love is paying. Oh, Jesus, I need to stay there for a while. <laughs> if we remove this, then we, people will always cater to what they crave. And so we saw that in the Old Testament when... The children of Israel, God's chosen people, wanted to what? They wanted a king like all the other nations. And what we will do is we will put on our podcast the things that we agree with, but we will work out our hand, but we will have small legs. And the whole thing won't be complete. John 8, John 8 31 and 32, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed, him. If you abide, everybody say abide. abide. In my word, you are my disciple indeed. This is, it almost sounds like an equation. This plus this equals this. If you abide in my word, abide means continue. If you continue. So church is not an event. You know what I'm saying? We don't just come to church, but we take this and we go to church to help us um, encourage, correct, believe, come together. Uh, we, we, we use church as a way so that we can have connection and do life together, but this is not it for me. I don't compartmentalize my walk with God for Sundays only. Does that make sense? I abide, I continue, and if you continue, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We got to stay rooted in Him. Hebrews 12.1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Come on, I don't know if you came in here with some weight. And sin, which so easily ensnares us. The Bible was written to the believer. So, so if the Bible is writing to those that believe and saying, Bruh, I know you got some sin. Then maybe Christians who come to church should stop acting like we don't. And just get it right. Just get it right. Just, hey, you know what? Today I didn't have a good week. And so I may sing a little louder, don't get mad, but I need him a little more. <laughs> Which easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that has set before us. We understand that it, there will be moments in life and some will be fun and some will be hard. Some will be difficult. But I tell you this, that's why when you walk in to our church, you will read what we're about. We have it on the wall. We believe that everybody needs forgiveness. Not one time, a lot of times. 
We need, everybody needs freedom. Come on, everybody's got some background, some deal, some mom-ish, dad issue, some, some, some coach, some, some deal that happened in life. And come on, I want to be more free in 2016 than I was in 2015. I want to walk in more free. I want to be more in his image. I, I, I want to transform this. Focus. We realize that, you know, the one thing that God... I think really gets hurt by his broken focus. Because you know who I am, but in these moments, you've stopped looking for me. Like there can be something else that will actually satisfy you. Like a little bit more money, a little bit bigger job, a little bit more notoriety, come on, getting married, do whatever it is. This will not satisfy you like I will. Don't break your focus. Then you see everybody needs a home, and, and, and basically what we're saying is you need family. The Bible says no man's an island. You can't do it by yourself. Jesus did not model do it by yourself. He modeled, I need some tribe. I need some people with me. If anybody could do it by himself, it would have been Jesus, but he couldn't. Ladies, you need to make room in your heart for new friends, and your friend quota cannot be full. Because the very next friend in your life could be someone to help you get through this next season. That's one of the reasons we come together. Men, same thing. Second thing is this. The first one is, the first one is that we, uh, we stay rooted in Him. Second one is that we serve others. The way to leave a legacy is to serve others. There will be no legacy without relationship. That doesn't mean that we don't strive to do the best for ourselves. But come on, God has given you gifts. And these gifts help better those that are around us. There's things that you know. When I, I don't know nothing about my car engine. I'm like, gas oil, gas oil. I need other people in my life. And listen, anything that you know well, you can become an influencer in. It's not about gas and oil. It's about what that conversation provides that I need and now you speak Jesus. Everybody's got something that they can give and they can serve. Listen, why would, why would, why would anybody want to deny their gift? Next week, we have our second Engage class where we talk about how to come in and engage and be a part of our groups and be a part of what we're doing. And, I, and I'll tell you this, that we are so grateful for the friendships that we made, but we did not launch the house so that it would turn to a Christian club. That was never the intent. The intent was we, we, we've been over there a couple times doing outreaches and 70% of Northwest Arkansas is not saved. And so did Peter stop ministry? Did Paul stop ministry? Did the church stop growing? Or from the time that Jesus died, did the church grow and continue to grow? And so I think that sometimes we have this, this, this issue where... I don't want to be a big church because 
You know, big church is just about the lights, the camera, the action, and the money. And so I want to stay small. But I, don't, I didn't have a kid to say, stay two. Stay two. If we are doing what we're doing, here's what it should happen. What should happen is we should raise up ministers of the gospel who have people in their home that are doing marriage, pre-marriage counseling, and now the, the saints are doing the work of the ministry. And so it's, Katie and I can't do it all. We need people to come over. I had a girl the other day, a woman come up to me and say, my, 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 we just got divorced. I have no job. I have no job. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I submit to Siri. You've been driving with me for a while. Come on, I'm telling you. Yes, ma'am. This woman that came up to Katie and I, she needs some attention. She is broken. She has no, she, she's homeless. Now, why would I relegate everybody else to attendance when I know that the same spirit of God that works in me works in you? And why wouldn't we create a culture of ministers? That's right rather than create a culture of attenders. That's, that's what we have to do. And so we have to get to a place where I'm going to serve. I'm going to use my gifts. You know, it's not a Christian club. I mean, one story that I heard that um, uh, Courtney told me is that there was this one girl that we, we did a little outreach over here at the college and we gave flyers out, and we did this like a couple of weeks before we even opened, I think. And, um, and I went up and I talked to this, lady, this, this young lady, and she, she was like, oh, okay, yeah, great. And so from the time I gave her that paper, she wanted to come. She would be at her house getting ready for church to come to the house and start hyperventilating. Okay, go. I don't know anybody. It's hard walking in because you know church people are crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they, they are. You don't know what's going to happen. You're going to blow on me. What's going? On? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have a tic tac. And so I don't. Two or three weeks, she waited to come. She she got enough nerve to drive, come, and she sat out in the parking lot, and never came in. Finally, after coming, she said, you know what, I, I've got to get over this. And as soon as she opened the door, she met someone to greet her. And then she met someone to hug her. And then she met someone. Don't, don't tell me that there's not a place to serve and there's not something to do. Because really, she did not say, you're just a great preacher and I came for your preaching. She would have never made it there if there wasn't singers and, 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 and media people and drummers and that play loud and, 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 and singers. And, and, and there wasn't kids workers. And there was, do you hear what I'm saying? And so is that the Stephen and Katie show? 
or is her connection to Jesus on the people of this body? And now she's been coming. Come on. You've got to serve. You've got to serve. The third thing is this. You've got to speak life-giving words. If you're going to leave a testimony, come on. You can't be negative Nancy. You can't be negative Nancy. You know what I'm saying? You can't always be critical and grumpy. I know everybody has something to fix. But you need to say it in a way that's life-giving. Life-giving. Because the world has enough critics. We already have enough. I already know what I'm bad at. Life-giving words that come out of our mouth. Come on. You can do it. We've got a lot of young people here. I, 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 we need some married couples that have got kids that have a little bit of experience that, that are like, hey, I've been where you've been. I know you're trying to look for a job. I know you're trying to do. Come on, let me, let, let me speak life into you. You know what? There are married couples here that, you know what? We need a little life. We need to get the guys together. And I need someone to speak life because right now I got some, I remember when we had four kids under five. I'm like, did Jesus take me? <laughs> and I remember when I got married and people, older men would say to me, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And I'd be like, Shh, well, you don't know me. I'm going to be happy no matter what. It's true. It's true. If she's in a moo, I'm just like, what? What? I can't. I'm, I, I got to laugh silently. I don't know what. My point is, is that we've got to do a good job at speaking life-giving words. And listen, life-giving words are not always fluff. So you're not, I am not saying, be a cheerleader. I am saying, speak a word that takes someone from potential to results. Call that man out in someone. Call that woman out. Call that speak words of life. Come on. Encourage. And, and there's times that we, we do. You'll see something going on and you'll be like, hey, you know what? I want to share this with you. And you know what? We're going to be a culture that speaks life-giving words. It's not about I want to catch you in what you did wrong. It's I want to unleash what God is doing in your life because I am someone that I want to, I want to leave a legacy. And can I just tell you that if you are always negative, the relationships in your life are moving away from you because the law of attraction is we always come close to people that we feel like is for us. Yeah. And I know the answer to that. Well, there's a lot of people that kiss your butt, but I'm the one. If there's not a little bit of love, and all of that critique, it's very easy to be sitting at a table by yourself. you got to speak words of life. Yeah. Men, I, I, I'm telling you, this is for me as much as it is. I got to speak words of life because all I see is kids with their shoes untied running into walls, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> speak words of life. The last one is this. You guys come on up. Share your story. 
Come on, if you want to leave a legacy, share your story. Our life moves so fast and we forget our stories. David was telling uh, Solomon, don't forget the stories. Don't forget what God is doing. Don't, don't forget what he's done. Do you remember as a child me telling you about Goliath and no one wanted to fight? Do you remember? And remember these stories because you'll need your own. In your own life, come on. You may be in a situation right now where maybe you're very distant from where you want to be. But I can tell you that if you would take a moment and just remember those times where God showed up. I remember when we bought our first house, there was no way. No way. And I had a, I had a guy tell me, I mean, you, need, you need to start thinking about a house. I was like... <laughs> You need to tell someone to give me a raise. <laughs> and there's just no way. And then, and then there's a way. And, and I remember when, you know, I've told you all this before, but when our girls were born premature, I, I, what? But, but then all of a sudden God and, and countless times, come on, has anybody lived life long enough to see God do something in their life? Come on, come on, is that you? Listen, that story is exactly what somebody needs to make it through their hurdle or where they're at because there are times in your life where you feel like there is no hope. Nobody understands me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. People don't get me. You gotta share your story. People, we gotta share our story because in the house, God says there are many rooms. Why are there many rooms? Because there are many people doing the work of the gospel. And that is what we are called to do. You are called to be the one. It doesn't matter what your, what your learning disability is. It doesn't matter how much you make. You may be rocking, you know, nine bucks an hour. And someone here, here may be making $100,000 a month. What does that have to do with anything? Because yeah. there's somebody that you can speak to that I'll never get the chance to. I'm never going to be fishing with you. Well, I mean, hopefully. I like fishing. Uh, I feel like God's telling somebody. Don't send me an email. The pulpit's not for your glory. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. Listen, share your story. What is your story? Why are you sitting in this building? You're not sitting in this building. There's got to be a reason you're sitting and you came to church on Sunday. It's a beautiful day outside. Why did you get up? If you have kids, why did you do breakfast and get them dressed? Why did you come? Come on, Nickelodeon. Put them in front of the TV and take a moment. Get you drink you a cappuccino. Why are you here? Because there's a story. And I may not know it. There's a story that someone needs to know. God has a plan for your life. And today as we end this, 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 this series on being the one and maximizing your potential, it is my prayer that you've been encouraged and you've been challenged. That you right now have the potential to do something with your life. You just need the courage to do it. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.